Ladies and gentlemen, in a day of unbelievable breaking news, some of us are $13 million poor, but it ain't either of us because I ain't got it. I'm John Browner. I'm joined by Jason Lawhead. You are listening to Browner and Lawhead. If you're in your car on the Mightier 1090 ESPN, welcome. We'll be taking you home to your drive. We are Monday through Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. We are also available via the iTunes podcast store and YouTube under the Captain and Crew Great Friends Podcast Network. There is a big thing happening tomorrow, but something bigger happened today. I don't know if it's bigger, but... Not for us, it's not bigger. It's just kind of like, you know, it's splashier, yeah. we'll say. How about that? But for us, it's not bigger, no. We got splash news. Splash, splash. news. It's a Skabloosh. big splash. It's like a... It's yeah, it's like if Andy Reid went off the top uh diving board, topless. Topless. It's that big of a splash. I I got to tell you man, whenever you see something like the court case between Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, you don't really know these people. No. And whenever you go to the extent that he has gone to and that she's gone to to prove that you're correct, they were really no risk at all. Because I don't know what type of relationship, obviously, that you've been in, Jason, prior prior to the one that you're in now. I've never recorded a person I was in a relationship with ever under any circumstances when they didn't know. I just didn't I just didn't feel the need. Right. Right. So whatever went wrong in that relationship, they just started recording each other left and right, pooping in the bed, just just hurting each other. There were no there were no innocent people in this. But there, Johnny Depp was the victim, according to this settlement. And if you're just tuning in, for those of you who don't know, but I'm pretty sure you have followed the trial in some way, shape, or form, Amber Heard had accused Johnny Depp of domestic violence and wrote in an op-ed, which she admitted on the stand, so this is not me allegedly. She wrote on the, she said on the stand that, she co-wrote the op-ed about him being an abusive husband. That, in turn, caught him up in the whole Me Too situation, and he lost a lot of money, and he lost a lot of roles. And at one point, apparently, he was making like $50 million on Pirates of the Caribbean. And I, they, I didn't even know they stopped making them. So if you ask me, this was salacious at its least. And at the end of the day, the jury found Johnny Depp to be the abused to be the abused and found Amber Heard to be the abuser and awarding him 15 million dollars and awarding her 3 million dollars so she or 2 million dollars and she's got to pay him 13 million dollars Jason do you got 13 million dollars to give somebody <laughs> man i wish i wish i was that flush where i could just be like you know no I don't think, uh, you know, anybody wants to, even people like Johnny Depp that make 50 million a picture and probably have it socked away, you know, 13 million is, you know, just like going in the sock drawer for some people like that. But no, nobody wants to cop that kind of money up. But guess what? Here it comes, though. This is like, at the end of the day, this is a jury going, don't be these people. Don't be this person. Don't do like, like, 
these are the damages and you know what it's kind of it's you know i'd like to i i'd like i hope johnny depp takes the money and does something you know good with it and, and announces something that you know without being it so you know about him but maybe even quietly through a foundation and a statement whatever whatever it has to be i don't care even what it is even if it's against you know abused men which is you know um it's there it's real it's it's uh it's surprising but um you know no no more surprising or sadder than the amount of abuse men have perpetrated on women over time so i guess it's just i guess to us it when especially when you look at hollywood and you have this idea of it no matter who you are if you're really into it or if you're just like a, a, a movie fan that likes to enjoy movies but doesn't get into like the whole tabloid stuff wherever you fall in that line it is very shocking to see this kind of a thing play out and to see a guy with that kind of you know popularity fame be first off accused have it go through those steps those early you know convictions in social media and you know you know oh if she said this it must be true in the beginning and then once holes start getting punched into the story and things start coming out um it's interesting uh you know i didn't follow the trial other than kind of the headlines through some of the scrolls that i do after i post some stuff and check out some things and go on about my day uh but literally i mean we really just you know, on the surface of what we know, like you said, we don't know these people. What we know, we just basically watched a a pirate beat a wench in court, like in modern day 2022, because that's really what he is. I mean, he's become Jack Sparrow as great as Johnny Depp did things in other times and, and, and whatever he, you know, going into this trial and all of this news, Johnny Depp is Jack Sparrow. Uh, and she's, you know, so it's, it's kind of funny, um, when you look at it that way, but yeah, man, I'm glad it's over. It's funny to me in a way, um, almost, uh, you know, and it's just, it's just the perfect analogy, whatever, uh, the poster child, it's just the perfect, just billboard for what's going on in American society. And just how stupid it all is and absurd. So um, I think for me, congrats, it, it, Johnny. It, it's been a very. I guess I have always felt this way. If you find yourself in the position of being falsely accused, this is the way to go. I've always felt this way, and when people say, "Oh, this person did something to me." And then you deny it. And you're a celebrity of any sort. Your best revenge is this. You do what Johnny Depp did. You mm -hmm. sue them. Period. Because the, the, rep, the harm done to your reputation yeah. will be far greater than anything that this person is accusing you of actually doing. And so the only way for people of Johnny Depp's ilk to fight back is to do it this way. Because now right. when his story gets reported about him, People will go, well, that's not true. He won the court case. Because you, you know, you know there's a bunch of executives in Hollywood. There's a bunch of people who make movies who didn't make movies with this man because an op-ed was written about yeah. him during Me Too of being physically abusive of his wife. Period. Right. And now to come to find out at the end of this, 
And this is a message as well. This is a personal thing. This is a soapbox. That's why it's brown and long hair because there are two soapboxes here. Mm -hmm. soap Women can box. be toxic. Women can be toxic. Sure. This idea that toxic men are the only toxicity in a relationship. Right. It's always been false, but you can't find visual examples of toxic women in relationships. And now you have two. She was wildly toxic. She was physically toxic. And Jada Pinkett Smith is just as toxic as Amber Heard. Right. It's, it's just viewed different. Women can be toxic in a of relationship. Of course they can. In any That's relationship. In, in, in these kind of relationships. In work relationships. Absolutely yes. they can be. In all kinds of relationships. And, hey, you know, of course, you're absolutely right. And that does shed a big light. Because, look. I've worked in show business. I've worked in the restaurant business. You meet and work with a lot of, I'm old enough where it was before the the, the LGBT kind of uh, movement, but with a lot of gay people. And now even through service industries and show business industries, one works with a lot of LGBTQ, gay. And guess what? Some of those people are toxic. Some of them are in work relationships, and I'm sure in certain personal relationships. Yes, they should be accepted probably, but it doesn't exclude that they can abuse people and be toxic. Women can, gay people can, LGBT can. Yes, men kind of have the, uh, you know, flag in that ship. I will say that, that right. men are probably the, they're you know, leading in the Nike ranking. of abusers. There's no doubt, and everybody else is kind of like Reebok. Puma. Um, converse, you know, they're, you know, women are converse, you know, everything. but, but yeah, I mean, the, these things are true. And if she doesn't write that op-ed, Johnny Depp probably just goes, let her talk, let her say whatever she yes. wants to people in circles. I, I got other things to do. I want to play with my band. I want to try to get back and do a movie. You know what? Give me some indie scripts. The indie scripts always will revive a career where big, big, big studios don't want you, yeah, whatever. Like, I mean, I'm sure he probably would have taken the abuse like women do a lot and don't speak up. And now it's it's a victim. thing. But, you know, no brainer here. She goes and writes the op-ed. He knows it's not all true. And then he can go, guess what? There's nothing in court they can say about me that isn't already in the streets and on exactly. the street. And if I don't go do that, and guess what? Now it's all going to come out now. And I can sit there and I can smile through the smut that they'll say about me on the stand. Cause it's already been written. It's already been spiraled through the Hollywood parties and, and, and the big meetings in, in, in the studios, who cares? They can't say anything, in it, but I can bring them all down. I can bring whatever else wants to come down with it and God bless him for it. And I'm glad, you know what? He's got, he's worth islands that he owns and God knows how much money but I'm glad that he cleaned her clock in court. I agree 100%. And for people who don't, and for people who think the opposite of this, I got to tell you, man, I don't know what you wanted the man to do. Someone went out, falsely claimed him of something. He disputed that claim. That claim then turned around and hurt his career, a career where, again, he was making 50 to $45 million a movie. And there were five Pirates of the Caribbean. So you do the math. And, that was hurt by these type of allegations because he hasn't been in anything since. Now, whether he wants to do another one of those movies or whether he will show up in the Marvel Universe, which can afford to give him $50 million of film, they wouldn't hire him because of these allegations. And so 
much like Kevin Spacey, who's now gone because he actually did the things he was accused of and he's been rightly excommunicated, uh, someone like Johnny Depp has defended himself, won, and now everybody I, can move forward with that now off. The yeah, board. and I think there was already rumors through the tail end middle of this uh, trial when it when it obviously appeared that Heard was backed into a corner. Johnny was absolutely the one that was abused. I think there's already been rumblings that Burton's talking about a second. Uh, uh, Edward Scissorhands? Beetlejuice, oh. and Depp's going to be in it. Well, listen, you can't make Beetlejuice, you can't make Edward Scissorhands without Johnny Depp. So if you're going to do those movies again, you have to have those two people. And if you do that, cha-ching, cha-ching. So, I, again, good for him. There's another court case that we, unfortunately, it's civil as well, that we're going to dabble in for the next couple of minutes. Apparently, there's a 23rd woman now accusing Deshaun Watson of sexual impropriety. And the number's up to 23. There's a different, there's two different schools of this. There's either people who go, you know, the more women come out about this, the less likely it is that I believe them. And then there's another group of people who go, if it's 23 women, all of them can't be lying. Well, I'm here to tell you, you might be able to mix that batch up and, and get a cake. Because yeah. I don't, the fact that he paid all these women for these services kind of hurts this in a criminal manner. And I think that's why he don't face any criminal charges. But the reason why I'm speaking about this in correlation to what we just talked about is because there's whispers, whispers that in retaliation to the Browns, giving him all guaranteed money, the other owner is going to try to put pressure on the NFL to pretty much uh, Trevor Bauer him. And, with that, I laugh. And it's not because I'm a fan of Deshaun Watson or I'm defending him or I think he's innocent or whatever the case may be. Of all, and I mean all our professional sports we have in this country, the, the sport with the least room to throw mud on someone of this at these level of allegations, the NFL. Because mm -hmm. look at Robert Kraft. Look at Daniel Snyder. Look at Jim Irsay. And those are the ones that we know. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that we know. So if you're going to tell me that the owner's Jerry Jones, if you're going to tell me, and that's photographic evidence of that, if you're going to tell me that they're going to try to kick him out of the league, for lack of a better word, because of these allegations, now you're getting yourself in a whole other situation with what happened with the Dolphins coach. You can't conspire it's con collusion you know yeah. baseball owners you know I, a lot of people don't know this in 1987 if you're old enough to remember a major league baseball owners had to pay the players association in a court settled case i think 275 million dollars into the uh, a players association coffer because they colluded on salaries on jack morris the detroit tigers owner told called all the other owners and said if you guys offer morris this crazy market that's starting to happen and and you don't let me sign him for this it's going to explode and it's going to and it's going to ruin everything for all of us because in a few years we're going to be paying out of the ears which eventually was unavoidable right Kirby right. Puckett's contract came along i mean they were already paying but like it was i believe it was Jack Morris upcoming free agency and and they colluded and and that's what the owners do they allowed the tigers to get Morris on the cheap 
and then that was discovered and and the uh owners had to pay 200 you know how much money 275 million dollars was in then 1987 to, to a, in a settlement for that degree and and you're right and it's like the, the and it's so funny you're right like 20 accuser 23 comes along right and now you start going well is this just starting to become one of those scenes in Liar, Liar? You know, remember that scene when, when, when he talks her into it and put a little stank on it? You know, he starts <laughs> talking her in to the version of a story that never existed. And here we are. Because if the 23rd woman is new, where you been? Where you, where you been? been? And like, what story have you been enough to be go? Yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. Like, that's what he did to her in that, in that meeting. So I, uh, I, I, I just... I think that we are we are in a position now where people who get accused have the ability to fight back and they are cuz initially essentially that's what Deshaun Watson did. He chose to fight back. He felt like I am not guilty of these crimes. And so if that means I don't I don't play well he didn't want to play for the Texans anyway, but I'm I'm going to court. I'm not paying anybody. And if you don't think the NFL owners are are capable or some owners or a owner is capable of, of doing some things that are in the railroad, come on. But listen, I always said the skeletons in the closet are actually the owners. They're the skeletons. They're right yes. outside the closet. You can see them. You don't even, that, that's who the NFL skeletons in the closet, that those are the guys old enough to be skeletons and they're not even in the closet. I mean, they're right in your face. Jerry Jones is literally a skeleton at this point. Yeah, all these guys. He's a skeleton in cologne. <laughs> so I I think that this when I heard when I started hearing that about Deshaun Watson and, and the possibility of the owners trying to get revenge on the Browns for giving him a fully guaranteed two hundred million dollar contract, this goes right back to what you said. This is where it's going. So any idea that you would collude or punish them for doing that is moronic because. This is where the direction of paying the quarterback is going because you have leveraged the rules to make the quarterback indispensable, period. It doesn't matter how great your defense is if your quarterback's average. Like there, were, there once was a time in the NFL where Trent Dilfer could win you a Super Bowl, where Brad Johnson could win you a Super Bowl. That doesn't exist anymore. They legislated that out. You can't defend anymore to the point where the 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 I think it was the, whatever team that Ray Lewis Ravens team Ray Lewis Airy Tony Saragusa Bart Scott I think it wasn't Bart Scott but that uh, Terrell Suggs that group of defense the eighty five Bears that group of defense that defense those defense don't exist anymore mm -mm. they've been legislated out in the game and mm -hmm. so if you think that paying a quarterback guaranteed two hundred million is bad for the business bruh, that's the business now yeah absolutely that's a great point like yeah. That's the business model. That's yes. the Dak. They should call that the Dak Prescott Amendment. <laughs> I mean, that's because that's what you've decided. Like, like it's like it's like that to me. That was like paying like like you know McLaren price for of all Hyundai. Yeah, like it works. It runs. It's dependable. Yeah, you won't nice be late. Nice looking cars. Nice looking car. Well, You'll be yeah, comfortable exactly. in there. Get yeah. good gas mileage. Yeah, like okay. you know, yeah, you, 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 you got the uh, you could you got the, may uh, go into the shop once in a while, but it'll be back out there. It's got Bluetooth. Now. You know, it ain't nothing. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Ain't nothing wrong with it. But you overpaid for it. Right. So you can be fooled. You can be fooled on Sundays to right. thinking that this works. 
because yeah. because when the know, rain's really coming down, the wipers don't work that well. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you, you exactly. You, you'll get to the destination, you uh, know, but the tailpipe drives. Be hydroplaning in, uh, because the tires ain't that great. But <laughs> so yeah, man. Hey, yeah, it just every day, every day, the the wheel of sports produces something new where we go wait. What? That doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense. That's a pot calling the kettle black, which is basically in any hypocrisy at the NFL level is literally oh. pot and kettle. Yeah. Easily, hands down. We've got another half of this show left to go. We've got more to talk about. We've got the finals, the NBA finals starting tomorrow, the Boston mm-hmm. Celtics versus the Golden State Warriors. It has arrived, and we are going to do the much heavily, highly acclaimed John's list. And this will be the last John's list till football season, probably. Because so you know, buckle up. We'll be right back. Brown and Lawhead, mightier to ninety ESPN. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the second half of the Browner and Lawhead show. I'm John Browner, joined by Jason Lawhead. If you missed anything on the first half of the show here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN, you can always head over to iTunes and YouTube under the Kaplan and Crew logo or 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 page. We are Brown and Lawhead with a show with the date in the front. On the first half of the show here, we talked about the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp verdict, which has been reached. You guys can go ahead and check that out. We also talked about Deshaun Watson's now 23rd uh, um, defamation case that he's got coming and how those two things kind of go together. And now we're going to break down what we like to call John's List. You heard of Angie's mm-hmm. List? This is John's List. We're going to do that. And then at the end, I want to say a small piece about Shakira. Okay. About and Shakira. Shakira, the singer. Okay. Okay. I'm going to tell y'all a cautionary tale. Okay. This tale is for men and this tale is for women. It's a cautionary tale. Okay. It's called the Shakira tale. Not the tale is in her backside. The tale is in the story. Okay. But stay tuned yeah. for that. Thursday night, the NBA Finals tips off the upstart Boston Celtics against the grizzled veteran Golden State Warriors. We're going to break down the, the, the series in four categories. Okay, John's list consists of four categories this time around. Coach, best player, best bench, X Factor. And then mm-hmm. we'll do I like win, X Factor. And then we'll Big do X Factor guy. Winner. And we'll determine that obviously from how how uh, how we. I'm, I'm trying to write and talk at the same time, and I'm misspelling things because you know the brain can only do one thing, two things at the max. I just was doing four at one time. So let's break it down. First up, we've got the coach, Jason. Who you got? Got to go with Kerr. I mean, it is a close one. This is just very similar to the same. Uh kind of list we had for the Eastern Conference Finals when I took Spolstra, and it was, uh, like I said, same thing. Uh, Coach of the year? No, no. I wouldn't I, I wouldn't take Kerr for Coach of the year in, if I had to pick it for this year, but I'll take Kerr for just this, this season being there, knowing that, you know, uh, certain moves have to be made, and I, I like the fact that, you know, uh, he's got this team in the finals that impresses me a lot about him as a coach we've seen him coach olympic teams to the finals i mean he's had dream teams back in the day but this has been a a, a nice rework to the game i, I kind of likened this 
um, team to that that Tiger Woods comeback. Remember when he won the Masters? It was just a it was greatness. Sure, it had to be kind of reworked, reassembled, brought back to health a little bit. Had to learn how to play a little bit differently um, without some of the strengths it had once before. So, cur for that reason. But boy. I mean, Boston's here. A big reason Boston's here is their head coach. There's no doubt. I would not. <clears throat> I wouldn't be shocked if you would have said Ime Udoka, because I believe that he has put. Together... I didn't want to butcher it. Is why that I just didn't even say his name <laughs> because every time I say it, I butcher it. I I don't I don't think that they're here without. I don't think that they're here without him. I don't think Brad Stevens could have done the job that Ime Udoka did and getting this team to all buy in and then turn their season around. Because if you remember right before All-Star break, there were rumors of trading Jason Tatum or Marcus Smart or mm-hmm. Jalen Brown to break this up because it wasn't working. I cannot tell you that it's Ime Udoka because it's not. It's Steve Kerr. And it's Steve Kerr for a multitude of reasons. One, Steve Kerr's already done this before. Two, Steve Kerr has a better sense of what it, the – expectations of how high his team can go. Steve Kerr understands that these guys know the system. So now I've gone into Phil Jackson mode. Yes. I'm I'm just pressing buttons. I'm not getting in the huddle going, okay, you go here, you go here, you go. I'm not doing that. During timeouts, I'm talking to Steph Curry. I'm telling him, hey, man, you're great. You're doing this. I'm talking to Jordan Poole. I'm talking to Clay Thompson. I'm talking to Andrew Wiggins. I'm talking to Draymond Green in a way that I can talk to Draymond Green. Right. He's entered, he's he's gone past the Greg Popovich stage, and he's now entered the Phil Jackson stage because the team is so great, you don't need to coach it. Now you just need to manage it. And for that reason, I think Steve Kerr has got the edge when it comes to coaching in this series. It's a great point. And he's also got coaches on that team, right? Yes. He's got Steph Curry and Draymond Green. So he can coach a guy like Jordan Poole a little, not have to overcoach him, and then hand him off to one of the coaches on the floor. And then now you guys give him your – you guys walk over to the sideline during a foul and tell him what he did wrong. And, Draymond, you do that with Wiggins. And Clay isn't isn't much more of the vocal or voice like that, but he can still guide guys along, and you're absolutely right. And But give Brad Stevens credit. Right. Here's what I love about Brad Stevens and that influence. He, he went out. He was. He was. His choice was Doka. Right. And and I think uh, he knows that team's young, man. When you look at Tatum and Brown, these guys' mm-hmm. ages. When you were thinking about like where Tatum and Brown are, like like Larry Bird's rookie year is the same is like fifth year Jason Tatum almost age because Bird spent that right. one year off. So when you look at it, like it's almost like Brad Stevens. They bring that college view where they go, hey. Young teams like this get better. That's what great college teams do, right? They they say start off a little shaky because they're young, but if you know they've got that kind of talent and you know they they can play like that, why trade these pieces? Let them let them let us figure it out. It's a long season in the NBA, and because these are such young, uh, talented, skilled players, let them come along like a great college team, like the oftentimes the great Kentuckys and the Kansases and the Michigan States eventually do to go win a title once they didn't look very good in the beginning against some good teams. So mm-hmm. I like that about Boston and they're playing like, you know, they're playing such great basketball from the time they started playing such great basketball. And there hasn't been uh, really a hiccup in that at all. And to Emi Udoka's credit, yeah, solved the puzzle that was the Nets. Mm-hmm. Riddle more than a puzzle, but solved it when Chris Middleton went down. 
solve the Giannis Antetokounmpo mm -hmm. puzzle, solve the Miami Heat, survive. I wouldn't say you solved it, but he right? survived. But, but a lot, you know, I mean, to put his team in that position, yeah. Um, you know, I think a lot of people thought if, you know, but I mean, to der derail Butler over the course of a few games was all it really was. That was the big difference. And so now, can he do that against the Golden State right. Warriors? Let's get to whether he can or he can't by telling you, Jason, best mm -hmm. player in the series. Well, I got to go Steph Curry. Um, best player in the series is Steph Curry. Um, uh, you know, uh, athletically, uh, you know, athleticism, all of those things, uh, that's a different question. Um, uh, but, but the best basketball player in this series that has, you know, definitely has the intangibles, the MVP esque type game, uh, you know, uh, it's, he's the Tom Brady of this series. He's seen it all. He may not be the best athlete in the arena but man he's seen it all he's the best player in my opinion i think the best player will a, a lot of people will scream jason tatum jason tatum jason tatum not knowing that the impact of what steph curry has on the game is far greater than jason tatum's you can talk about athleticism and 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 youth and there's a lot of things that you can mix up to put in your argument for jason tatum but this is best all around this is all of it and what steph curry's career has led to encompasses encompasses all of that at every level steph curry has had to prove himself to be better than what people thought he was and now we've gotten to a point where he's properly rated he gets the proper amount of respect and now he's got to protect that and so for me i'm expecting to see the first finals mvp First, Steph Curry, because he won the All-Star Game MVP, won the Western Conference Playoff MVP, and I expect him to win the Finals MVP over – because I, I think this, this is great for the Celtics. They're, I don't think they're ready. I don't think Jason Tatum is ready for the next level that comes. And the next level that comes, Steph Curry's already done that. He's already been there. He's already experienced that in wins. He's already experienced it, by the way, in losses. And so for me, I think Steph Curry is the best player in the, in the, in the, in the uh, championship. In the yeah, I think we both uh, explain why. And yeah, if you were to take athleticism, the game, the all-around game, the arsenal, if you were to take, you know, youth, all the things considered, you, you'd say, hey, you know, Tatum is athletically probably, you know, one of the most gifted, if not the most gifted basketball player, but Curry's the better player. Best bench. Now, this is this is more of a... It's an interesting category, and mm -hmm. I, I thought and I thought that this this was fitting because I think this bench in this finals will probably play a larger role than any bench ever has. Whose bench do you have? You know, then this is a lot about bench usage, just where the coaching comes into yes. uh, play here, because they're both good benches and they both uh, get good usage out of their bench for what they want. Now, this matchup is going to dictate, you know, who 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 you know. Who starts? Who does? Yeah. It. Well, or who's who's the better matchup? You know, will will Kerr maybe recognize that a Kaminga can come in there in a second unit and and at least that maybe in home games only be something that 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 creates a difference and um or you know is 
Boston going to realize that, uh, you know, getting Pritchard more minutes off the bench, say, let's say, against some of their rotations with Poole on the floor and some smaller guys. Uh, you know, like Otto Porter didn't play the last couple of games in the in the end of that series. It's interesting to see. Usage is going to be huge. I, I like Golden State's bench because there's a little bit of, you know, youth mixed with veteran um, there, and they can play so many different ways, Golden State. They proved that in the past. They've been able to always adjust with, like, all sorts of different lineups on the floor, you know, all sorts of different guys. And a guy that may have not played in game one or game two can go in there and, and get 16 or 17 minutes in a game three and play with an assortment of different guys. So, they, you know, so I, I'm going to give Golden State an edge here because of that, because of uh, all the different ways they've proved in the past. Um, but, man, I love the way Udoko uses that bench and the usage they get out of it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. So you're going Warriors? Yeah. Warriors bench? This is where I I think that this isn't I don't even I don't even think this is close. Here's I like Peyton Pritchard. He's mm-hmm. been very good in these playoffs. I like Garrett Williams. Mm-hmm. He's been very good in these playoffs. White's playing well. I like Derek White. He's been very good in these playoffs. He's but all their bench guys have been hit and miss. This is the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. And on the Warriors bench. You've got Andre Iguodala, who's been Finals MVP. Mm-hmm. You got Gary Payton the second, an up and coming young defender. You got Jonathan Kaminga, who can give you minutes and will probably be an All Star at some point in his career. You have Jordan Poole, who can come off the bench and average twenty points. Like you have Otto Porter, who will be. I'm assuming he's healthy now. Who will be able to come in, give you minutes, give you execution, give you a lift here and there. So that's five guys. That's five guys that will come in and contribute. I don't know if Daniel Tice can come in and contribute. I don't know what Grant Williams will be able to do in this series against a team that can defend the corner three the way that the Warriors can, the way that he couldn't. I, 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 I don't know if the Warriors, off the Celtics bench, they have anybody who can guard Jordan Poole. Because Pritchard ain't it. Derek White ain't it. So... The, the matchup issues that will be presented by the Warriors, I don't think the Celtics can match. And then if you switch that over, Jonathan Kaminga, Andre Iguodala, uh, uh, Gary Payton II, those are all defenders first. Those are, de- those are defenders first, the first two tall, 6'8", six, 6'9", six, muscular, lanky, athletic. And GP2 is a dog. He's going to get in you, he's going to turn you up the court. So Payton Pritchard going to have hell coming after him because mm-hmm. you you know Gary Payton the second hungry after missing the last series and Otto Porter Jr. again can come in offensively and be in the right positions defensively so I did the Warriors bench is better I, I think that won't be the reason why they win or have a chance to win but I just think that their bench is better so we both agree on that now x factor now this this is a weird this is a weird place to be with X Factor because I honestly believe the X Factor, the number one X Factor in this series will be Robert Williams. Because if Robert hmm. Williams doesn't give you execution, if Robert Williams doesn't give you defensive reads, rebounding, protecting the backboard, I don't think the Celtics defensively have a chance of stopping Steph Curry from getting to the basket because Al Horford's not a shot blocker. And after Al Horford, they don't really have anybody else to protect the basket. That's why Robert Williams provided such a difference against Miami Heat 
and basically turned Bam Adebayo into a, a, a in a witness protection program for like three games. So for me, the X factor will be Robert Williams. Yeah, well, I told a buddy of mine yesterday that, you know, he was asking me, he's a Celtics fan, Boston comic, and uh, he was asking me some stuff about what I thought in the series. He's, he's you know, relies on me for some basketball takes. And I just said, that's the biggest stat. Rebounding will be the biggest stat for for the Celtics. Hey, look, the Warriors, you can you can out-rebound the Warriors and they can still beat you. Because they can, they can just pad so many other stats on the on the sheet, right? They can pad so many other stats on the sheet, but the Celtics don't have a prayer unless they out rebound um, the Warriors, Golden State, at a clip that allows them to be on the plus side of points in the paint, right? So if they, because they they just won't have a chance if they can't rebound and create a difference in points in the paint, because if if Golden State's scoring in the paint. In this series, at a better clip, Boston's in real trouble because Marcus Smart ain't going to shoot you back in to a series, okay? And if you're going to rely on Jason Tatum to take 40, 40-some shots, that ain't going to do it either. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, uh, so getting, getting to that point, um, you like Williams as the X factor, and I do too. I think rebounding is going to be at the premium. I, but I'm going to change my X factor for Boston just for the sake of it, because I think that this guy's role, his his role defensively, I know what he's going to give you, right? And it's kind of like which firecracker may go off here? Is it going to be Marcus Smart or Draymond Green? I think Marcus Smart is the X factor. Marcus Smart is got to be the kind of guy. Now look. They don't win this series without Jason Tatum probably being series MVP. Let's be honest. Maybe a Jalen Brown steals it from him because things just went perfect for Boston, whatever. But the only way also Boston wins this series, if you can at the end of it go, hey, you know what? You could have gave Marcus Smart the MVP. That that was okay. That's my X factor. And I feel like they don't rebound throughout 48 minutes without Marcus Smart getting his hands dirty in there and creating slapbacks. And, and and 50-50 balls and second shots and, and eliminating the second shot um, and, and getting some steals and changing things inside the paint when Golden State does attack. I like Marcus Smart as the guy Boston has to look at and go, man, he could have been MVP. Not the kind of guy who was like, oh, God, some of the shots he took. And when he went off in game five and got ejected, oh, Lord, he can't be that guy or they don't, they'll get swept if he's that guy. All right. We've reached the end. Give me your winner. How many games? Who's the winner? Uh, my winner is Golden State, and it's in. It's gonna be in in six. Um, I just think the only chance Boston has is, I mean, they've got to win one or two in in Golden State, and even if they do, they can't lose one or two back in Boston. I mean, they, there's just so many ways for Golden State to have an early advantage in the series. It's almost as if. Boston, I feel like would almost have to go home at two zero or one one, feeling like they should be two zero. I have the Warriors winning it, and I have the Warriors in five. Yeah, and I, I and almost I, wanted to say five. I say, <clears throat> I say that because I, I just don't see the Boston Celtics defense being able to do to the Warriors what they were able to do to the limited nets, to the limited 
Bucks into the limited heat. The Warriors have five guys who can get you 20 points. Yeah. One of them can come off the bench. And now that they've got Eagle Dollar coming back, he might hit you for a 20 point game because he played, he figures it out in the finals. All of a sudden, he can make threes, he can make free throws all of a sudden in the finals. So the Warriors have so many guys, the bigger the lights get, the better that they play. I think Clay Thompson is going to reestablish himself as one of the best two guards in the game. I think the battle between Draymond Green and, and Marcus Smart, thank God they won't be guarding each other, but the impact that they're going to have on the game, the the impact that Steph Curry and Jason Tatum are going to have on the game without guarding, without guarding each other. I think this is going to be a master class yeah. and a culmination for the Warriors to announce that we are back and we might be better next year. So I'm going Warriors in five because, you know, that's that's just how I see it. So, yeah. No, and I mean, I almost wanted to say that when you asked me my prediction. Uh, I've just given Boston a little bit of the benefit of the doubt of uh, at least playing some games at home. But, uh, you know, um, I just think, yeah, Boston's going to have a harder time playing in their environment than Golden State's going to have to play in Boston's environment. And mm -hmm. um, I think that's going to be a big advantage for the for the Warriors, even in some games. You know, I feel like even in some games that the Warriors play, maybe not up to where they want to play at a level. I mean, they have that ability. They've shown it through the playoffs that they can win those kind of games and, and etch out those kind of games against teams that played a good game that night against a playoff team that – you know, tried to take one from them and they've been able to to go out and snatch it. And they've been able to know uh, their bodies in a sense that they know their series leads and they've been able to take a night off when they have and just, you know, give up serve and then come back and blow the doors off to either close out the series or stretch their series lead. So they're playing that kind of ball. Come and Monday, we will have some answers to some of these questions. Browner and Lawhead, we'll see y'all Monday, Peace. 6 p.m. Peace.